Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach Podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Before we dive into today's awesome and talented young coach, I have some really cool news to share. According to my Apple Podcast account, the Tell Me Your Story Podcast has over 15,000 listens. Again, none of this is about Coach Dro quite simply is about the coaches who are sharing their stories. I truly believe the statement that coaches can coach no matter what level or gender. This podcast is living proof. The goal is 100 podcasts. Today we are at 45, actually in my mind, 43, since I had the intro podcast and the best of podcasts early on. So 102 podcasts is the new goal. Thanks for listening and most importantly, telling other young coaches. Let's continue to create a platform for younger coaches to learn and get better. Today, we are talking to Coach J.R. Blount. Coach J.R. was so gracious to take 30 minutes out of his busy schedule to tell his story. J.R. is currently an assistant coach for Coach T.J. Otzelberger at Iowa State. Yep, that Iowa State who is crushing it right now in year one of Coach TJ's tenure. I had the opportunity to coach JR his senior season at Loyola Chicago. Coach JR was an amazing player. He had this ability to shoot this floater over anyone. But JR was a relentless competitor, and he was also a great leader, actually a three-year captain. JR also excelled off the floor. JR graduated with two degrees at Loyola. He was the epitome of an outstanding young man, and it was an honor to play a small part in his playing career. I truly believe that Coach JR is a star in the coaching profession. He is destined to be a head coach. We were only able to talk for 25 minutes, but you can tell this young coach has all the boxes checked. However, JR did not arrive in the Big 12 overnight. JR's 12-year journey is a product of hard work. And I thought it was so essential for young coaches to hear his story from Division Three at Wisconsin Stevens Point to Division Two at St. Leo in Florida to a director of operations at Drake in the Missouri Valley to eventually being promoted at Drake to assistant coach to then an assistant coaching position at Colorado State to now the Big 12 in a nationally ranked program in Iowa State. Coach JR has worked and earned his current role. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Drow. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Coach J.R. Blount and tell his story real quick. Before Coach J.R.'s story, I need to tell you about my affiliate partner that I've been supporting since episode one. That friend, Desmond Ferguson, the owner of Moneyball Sportswear. Check out MoneyballSportswear.com. Let me tell you about the gear that Moneyball produces. Men's, women's, boys, and girls, sports attire, hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, shorts, you name it, Moneyball has it. Get all your winter gear ASAP. 
truly what are you waiting for and if you are a high school and or aau coach and you need a new set of uniforms please reach out to moneyball the uniforms that desmond and his team create are simply spectacular go to moneyballsportswear.com shop away enter the promo code dro d-r-o in the coupon checkout grow with us moneyball the only way to ball jr why do you coach for me it's just about the development of young men having their, their growth and seeing their path as they go through coming in from young kids to young adults as they go and just seeing how they go about and inspiring them and for me, that's that's kind of the key to, to why I'm coaching and why I'm doing this. We'll get the cat out of the bag. I had the opportunity to coach you your senior year at Loyola. Sure. You know, it was incredible to watch you go from a young man to a man. And then obviously we're going to talk about your journey here at Iowa State. When did you feel when you got into coaching just that beauty of helping kids go from young men to men? I would say when I got to my second stop, which was at St. Leo University and had a chance to be there for three and a half years. And I saw guys come in as freshmen. And then when I was leaving, they were going into their senior year and they had been at three straight NCAA tournaments tournaments and they kind of just changed the culture and seeing those guys come in and recruit them as high school seniors and 17 year old boys and now still talking to them to this day of guys that are married and in the coaching profession and for me it was very interesting to just watch the growth and development of those guys as they were able to not only mature on the court but off the court as well it's pretty cool so i mentioned iowa state you're currently an assistant coach for coach tj utzenberger i always pronounce his name wrong but coach tj at iowa state (laughs) so before we dive into life of a national rank program in year one under coach tj i'd love to talk to you about your journey to get to the big 12 i think it helps so many young coaches let's just do a quick speed round. We I mentioned Loyola Chicago. You were a three-year captain at Loyola Chicago, at Loyola Chicago for Jim Whitesell. Two degrees. Did you know playing in college that you truly wanted to coach? I think I had a pretty good idea. My dad coached me growing up all the way up until 10th grade and yeah, I knew I wanted to stay around the game after I finished playing. I wasn't exactly sure how I majored in psychology and kind of had interest in being a sports psychologist, but wanted to stay as close to the game as possible and just kind of got into coaching when Coach Lance Randall, who was with me at Loyola for a year, just offered me a job at a Division two school down in Florida, St. Leo, like I mentioned. And, you know, tried it out, and luckily was able to stick with it and got some nice breaks along the way. So you mentioned St. Leo's. As an assistant with Lance Randall, what did Coach Randall really teach you at such an early age? He do our credit for just a lot of my success so far and you know he just gave me the autonomy to do so many things on the floor just from workouts to, to scouting reports to presenting things to the team and, and leading drills and practice it was really an opportunity for me to develop as a coach and learn through mistakes and you know take on different responsibilities and roles throughout the entire program with being at a division two level kind of have many hats on is just a couple coaches on staff so it was a great opportunity for me and coach Randall really gave me that autonomy to have all those responsibilities yeah it's pretty cool 
What about Wisconsin Stevens Point, 2010 National Division Three Championship? Explain to me what that was like being part of a national championship program. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, those guys that I came into the program right after I graduated from Loyola, they really had the culture set. Coach Semlin does a great job down there, but they had it set where they were basically running practice. Like, we pretty much did the same thing every day. It was a senior-laden group, and they just had the expectation to win, almost to a level of... Uh, the confidence was so much that we knew we were going to win and we we knew we were going to be successful and I just remember everyone as the season went on and we were ranked number one in the nation and everyone was coming at us and we were everyone's big game and how those guys approached it and and went about their daily habits was just something that was remarkable to remember and you know I still tell stories about that team just how special it was and that group of guys that was able to just come together and obviously to achieve the goal of a national championship and win your last game of the season is, it just goes without saying is remarkable as well. So you get all this incredible experience. You're a great mid-major college player, maybe to this day, the best floater, <laughs> a player that has this ability to shoot this floater. So I've seen you score 40 points in a game. You're an outstanding leader, outstanding young man, man. I knew you wanted to be a coach, go to Stevens point division three, get this experience division two get to all this experience with coach Randall. But I know we had conversations like you wanted to get to division one. So yep. you get to Drake, you start in the operations, mm-hmm. you know, the operations position, walk me through your process of like how you wanted to get to division one and then how this all came about. Yeah. You know, I had, I had expressed it to, to obviously, like you said, to people that I really trusted and valued and mentors. And, you know, I wasn't necessarily sure of the route that I had to go. So I had, Randall had elevated me to associate head coach and, you know, it seemed like the next step was going to be director of basketball operations at D1 and the opportunity at Drake presented itself with a lot of Wisconsin connections with Coach Jeff Rudder and Todd Townsend was on staff and Coach Randall really just reached out to Coach Giacoletti and golf got me on campus and kind of went from there and then just being operations was was a little bit different. I mean, it was planning meals and plane trips and making sure hotels are right and just kind of take a step back and realize that no task is too small and there's a lot of tasks that go into the operation of being a Division One basketball program that kind of didn't really know the ins and outs of it, but definitely appreciate it more after doing that job for two years. When you do become a head coach, <laughs> yeah, you'll absolutely. have a much more appreciation for all aspects of the program when your double says, well, Jay, we can't Hey, yeah. Well, no, we can. <laughs> yeah, we we can figure it out. So the beauty of that is you go you go to Division One, you go in operations, then you get promoted to an assistant coach. Yeah. Was it an easy transition for you, or was it still was there still a learning curve? You know, I think it was it was a little bit of both. I was lucky that when I got named an assistant, it was right around April, and it was right before recruiting period. So I took the recruiting test and was on the road and on in tournaments the next two weeks. So I jumped right into recruiting and that kind of helped me just normalize everything and got to see and meet a lot of new people and people that I had seen when I was on the road at St. Leo. You know, I was still able to kind of just manufacture the relationships that I had with those people and then still be able to stay in tune with the guys. And I was able to be on the court and work guys out and things like that. So that was something I was used to and was very comfortable with and was something that I was always looking forward to be able to do again. So there was a lot of a lot of ins and outs that I knew, but there was also stuff that I was learning, you know, just different areas of recruiting and 
who I needed to know and all that stuff all took time. So you make the jump to Colorado State. How did Coach Nico let you grow as a coach and recruiter? Yeah, you know, Coach Nico did a great job. He he really instilled in, in me just being who I wanted to be and doing things in a way that I wanted to be able to be successful. And he asked me, you know, what, what side of the floor I wanted to be on offense and defense. And, you know, I kind of gave him like, man, I would really like to focus on defense. And he really just handed it over to me, uh, especially in the last couple of years at Colorado State. And he's a he's a genius offensive mind, and you know I've learned so much through him, and still stay in contact with him. But the relationship that he formed with me and and, and the rest of our staff was special. And just building and rebuilding the program was something that I've learned from him down the line. Okay, so you get hired this past spring. You're with the top 25 program right now, Big 12, and I know you have a prior relationship with Coach TJ. Goes back mm-hmm. to your playing days, but yeah. just right off the bat, what has it been like working for Coach TJ so far? It's been great. You know, I think, you know, I've known TJ since I was 14 or 15 years old. We both were in Milwaukee and stayed in contact and we're in the same league when he was at UNLV and I was at Colorado State and actually played him every year that for the last three years, I was at Drake, too, and he was at South Dakota State. So it's been good. We formulated a great relationship. To work for him has been awesome just because we're very similar in the regiment. And, you know, we're early morning guys that get up, work out, practice, eat the same thing for breakfast. I mean, it's, we're, we're very similar in that in that life. So he's been a man of, of habits and, and daily things. And our guys have bought into that and we've instilled that in them and had some success so far early in the season, but still a lot of ways to go and a lot of improvements that we want to continue to make and build on. You know, I just want to hit real quick, talked about habits. I watched your game the other night versus Memphis, obviously an extremely talented team, both well-coached programs. But like I could tell the habits defensively, like right away, just changing the culture of the program. What are some simple defensive habits that you guys have tried to incorporate? Yeah, you know, from from day one when we got these guys here in June, we talked, we told them what we would be about, and three of the main things that we talked about is ball pressure, rebounding, and and taking care of the ball. And two of those things are obviously on the defensive end with the ball pressure and the rebounding. And we've just really emphasized it. You know, I think it's an everyday thing. We we start practice with a defensive drill every practice, and you know, we just tell these guys this is who we are, and they expectations that we have for them are that they will be great defensively and you know we hang our head on that and we we had a game earlier this season where we shot one for 20 from three and you know we tell them we still expect to win those games because offense will be good it'll come it'll go but defense is something that you can control and you can do it every night and you know it, it, it's all about you controlling that and you dictating what you want to do on that end so you mentioned jeff rudder mutual friend yep. assistant coach at miami so this is what he texted me when i mentioned that you were going to be a guest on the podcast so listen to this <laughs> All right, here we go. JR is the best. He checks all the boxes you want in a high-quality assistant coach. He's all, capital A-L-L, substance. Great investment in relationship with the players. Always working with the guys, getting them shots. He keeps a running total of their makes on his grease board in his office. Powerful for all the guys to see this. Great basketball mind. Relentless recruiter. Super loyal. Upbeat and positive. Guy you want to be in a foxhole with, without a doubt, future head coach. I want to circle back to this idea of investment. Like, how did you come up with the concept of getting guys shots and then putting it on your da- like on your office or, or collecting the total of shots for the guys to see him. Yeah, you know, it was just, you know, I tried to do it. It was the summer of 2016. And I remember that because it was, you know, we had a lot of good shooters and we just talked about what we were trying to do to be extra and, and do something different and, and making sure that our, our work 
was being productive and purposeful. And, and I think that it's important that guys need to see what they're doing and also they need to be challenged by other guys. And I, you know, still to this day, take a group of guys and make sure we're working out and making sure that they know what other guys are doing, not because you want to create unhealthy competition, but healthy competition between teams is good and it helps guys, you know, propel one another. And I think that that's, it's just, it's just vital to have that competition amongst the team where you're saying like, well, this guy's in the gym or I better get in the gym too. And I want to shoot extra because he's shooting extra. And I think that helps not only get individuals, but as a team, it helps guys in the long run as well. Time for a quick 30 second timeout. Coach JR, getting this podcast to you is all because of my friends at Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed at all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You also get a great looking podcast website. They provide audio players that you can drop into other websites. They give detailed analytics to see how people are listening to start your own podcast. Follow the link in my show notes. Let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. You'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And this also helps support my show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. I love the concept of charting makes. You know, so many times we talk about how many shots you get up. Yeah. You're emphasizing the make. I, I think I saw a couple couple months ago something on Duke where they only count count them if they're swishes. But that's pretty cool that you got that mindset of just like, no, this is we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about how many shots you made. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So obviously you were upbeat and you had a great personality when I, when I coached you for one year. And it's obviously transitioned to your your philosophy, your mindset in being a coach. But is that a big part of how you develop player relationships? You know, I think it is. You know, I think as I'm getting older, and this is this is year twelve now. And it seems like I'm like we got Kyle Green on our staff. It's like thirty years in. I'm just like, man, you're a dinosaur, man. Like, <laughs> Great coach, though. <laughs> but it, yeah, he's awesome. But it, you know, I I think just being able to be positive, but also be able to relate to these guys where I can establish a relationship where I can tell them when they're good, but also tell them when they're bad. Mm -hmm. And and they take it as, okay, man, coach is just looking out for me. And it's not, oh, this personal agenda, I'm mad at this guy or whatever it be. I think I'm able to still formulate those relationships where we can have authenticity and be able to just be like, hey, like you're not playing as well as you need to be, or hey, you are playing really well, but you can be better. And I think just having that positivity and the, the relationship in which you can have authentic and, and real conversations is, is important. I've been able, luckily been able to do that and establish those relationships with a lot of kids. Yeah. I remember a few conversations with that, with you when you were a senior, but you were always playing so well, but it's just, isn't it? It's, it's challenging. It's challenging as yeah. an assistant coach to look someone in the eye that you really care about and say like, yo, you're not playing very well. And this is why right. I just think that's incredible. The the amount of time you do, do spend with the guys, like do you find that pre and post practice is a great way for you to develop a relationship with the guys? Yeah. You know, I think the, the, the one thing that I've, I've learned from TJ is, so we do a, we, we have these guys in here in the morning, we eat breakfast with them and we all spend time with them. There's no phones or anything like that. And just kind of talking and then, Choosing with guys after and throughout the day, and then we have a 4:30 team gathering in which we 
he'd give them dinner and watch a little bit of film. And that's usually a time where it's just joking around and, you know, after the film stuff. And you, you just realize who guys are and you start to get to know them a little bit more. And, you know, you, you're talking about things that, you know, normally you wouldn't talk about on and off a court. It's just like, hey, man, we're just having good friendly banter. And I think that establishing those relationships and spending that time, they really value that. And they realize that, hey, these coaches actually really care about us. And it's not just about if we're making or missing baskets. And TJ's thing is that they always leave the day on a positive note because we're just eating and talking and joking and it's not hey we lost this game or practice was bad or this or that it's just hey man we're good now Every, everyone's good we start off in the morning do a positive day you know i think the energy of learn from that and added with my personality and just just being somebody that's naturally positive and, and not worried about complaining or whatever it may be you know, I think that that's really helped me and helped me build relationships here at Iowa State, too. So Coach Ryder mentioned the word relentless with recruiting. Colorado State, you and the staff, Coach Nico, had one of the highest rating recruiting classes in the history of the school. How long did it take you to develop your recruiting philosophy? For, for my philosophy, I think I've stayed pretty much the same. I try to get high character guys. Usually, I think the parent situation and, and who they have around them has a lot to do with it. At Colorado State, it took a, took a couple of years just because we weren't very good and they had, had a history of not being very good in the recent past. And we were able to to really sell a dream of, of what they're doing now, of like, hey, this is what it will be. You know, the, the kids that we were able to sign, like I said, it would be three years ago now, are playing significant, significant roles in their success. And I think that's a credit to Nico and his vision and everyone else that was on that staff with Ali and Coach Thorson and Aaron. And just being able to not only sell the dream, but also, you know, have action with it and, and be able to bring it to life. JR, how do you evolve as an assistant coach? I had a coworker when I was with the men at Eastern Michigan, Matt Klein. He said he was always on Zoom calls with you, transition, so yeah. forth. I know it was the pandemic. You know, when Matt came to me, I was like, <laughs> no, you don't understand. JR is the best. He was a great player. But it was so cool to hear that you're constantly evolving. Like, just like, how do you approach your niche, your craft about trying to become better? Yeah, you know, I think that the pandemic was interesting for me is I just was trying to learn as much as I can. And my wife was getting tired of me just being home all the time. And <laughs> my kids, one of my kids didn't like me before that, but she loves me now. So that helped me. And <laughs> it was good because I was able to just jump on random zooms. And like I met Matt through just like you said, it was just a transition offense thing. And we stayed in contact and like, we'll randomly send each other video clips of, of different things. But I think it's constantly about learning. Like you never, you never know enough. You know, there's always something more. The biggest thing when I got to Iowa State was, you know, being in meetings every day with, with, with KG, Coach Kyle Green and then D-Rob, Daniel Robinson. It's like, those guys have been doing this for 20 to 30 years. And it's like, man, they know way more than I do, you know? And I, I was coming from being at Colorado State with the same staff for the last four years and just being like, we kind of just did things, you know, the way we did it. We had a routine, everyone knew everyone, but now it's like, man, there's so much new terminology I'm learning from Kyle and D-Rob's on the offensive end saying this stuff. And, they, you know, it's constantly about learning and figuring out something new. And I think as long as I continue to do that, I can continue to evolve as a coach. Yeah, for sure. You guys have an elite head coach and elite staff. You're yeah. really blessed to work with some great coworkers. You know, you've always been a stand-up guy, JR. Parents obviously raised you wonderfully. 
you just you're just the epitome of a, a just a great young man. Thank you. Just talk about the Together Initiative that you were a part yeah. of at Colorado State. Yeah, Together Initiative was really cool because it was all about educating um, in times of social justice, and it was an opportunity for our entire athletics department at Colorado State to we had picked out five books, and you know we we were doing these books and chapter by chapter we were doing Zoom calls and just basically just talking about everything and I was a group leader for for the book that we had and you know it just really prompted critical conversation that needed to be had and you know it was it was a time for people to ask questions it was a time for people to share how they felt and you know I thought it was really just an a, a really informative session of, of being able to talk about what was going on in the world at the time and not be in a platform of, you know, negativity or any, any kind of disgruntlement. Like it was just, Hey, this is what I don't know. This is what I do know. How can I help educate you more to, to get you to know where I'm coming from my perspective versus another perspective. So it, it was a really cool deal. And, and it was spearheaded by the, the athletics department there at CSU. What is the Black Assistant Coach Alliance, the BACA, that you're part of with the Big 12 right now? Yeah, so Baca, Baca in the Big 12 has been good. You know, Coach Coach Daniel Robinson on our staff is the chairperson and founder of Baca. So when I got on staff, he asked me, like, hey, like, I want your involvement level. And, you know, I said, hey, I would love to be involved. And we've done multiple Zooms since then, and it's really just four core values of educate, unify, serve, and support. And it's just offering student athletes help with everything from, you know, social justice to voter registration to, you know, healing tensions between athletes and police or whatever it may be. And, you know, it, it's a huge partnership that we want student athletes to just be prepared and supported in all levels and in all possible criteria and situations. So for me, being involved in something like that and being so closely in tune with, with D-Rob, who obviously is one office down for me and shares that passion. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just been really, it's been really unifying and, and educating because now I feel like I have another platform to, to speak our mind and, and, and just be able to help young, young men and, and young women that are going through different situations that people may not understand. That's awesome. Super impressive. JR, how do you balance your career with such a wonderful young family? Yeah, you know, it's my credit to my wife who, you know, she she's handling a lot of that and, and you know, trying to, to find that balance of, hey, when I'm at work, be at work and, and when I'm at home, be present with my kids and, and my wife and just, you know, be given, be thankful and blessed that, that she's able to do everything and I'm able to bless and have this family and, you know, be absolutely love the support that they give me and, and, and having them at the games and, my my daughter is still uh, very slight interest in basketball and more in just the iPad time that they get at the game. But <laughs> it's good to have them there, and you know, just knowing and being around it. And my wife and I joke that they'll be around so much basketball that eventually they'll have to start to like it. And but it's been good. It's been great. And you know, TJ and I, I've been lucky that every boss that I have had has been family oriented. Just been about hey man go be with your family or do this or, Hey, I got doctor's appointment, go there. Like that kind of stuff has been lucky. Cause I've heard, you know, the horror stories of, Hey, you got to be in the office here and he's going to call you at this time and all that. And I've, I haven't had to do any of that. So it's been, it's been nice and, you know, try to do 
like for my wife every once in a while so she still knows i'm here <laughs> well i'm sure i'm sure you're doing your part jay I, I always end the podcast what are some simple tips for young coaches yeah you know i think the, the best advice that i was given and my dad told me this all the time was just just know that there's no task too small and then just just knowing that you can go out and do whatever you want and whatever's asked of you just be the best at what you're doing so he would say, hey, if they tell you to sweep the floor, then just be the best floor sweeper there is so that nobody else can be the better. So you can say you're the best at that. So young coaches out there, just, hey, go out and do whatever is asked of you and do the best of your ability and just be the best at it. And I think it's important that, you know, coaches take in every information they can, be on every platform, every Zoom you can, just find out as much information as possible because you can always be learning and always know more. Well, Jr., I thank you for letting me get you away from your family and getting you getting you before you have to get up tomorrow morning early yeah, with the Iowa State good. team. <laughs> I, I wanted to talk to you for a long time, just obviously because my my amount of respect for you is off the charts. But like, Appreciate just it. hearing you talk to me tonight, like I will sleep better tonight. And I only had one year coaching you, but obviously you were one of the best players I ever coached, and I've been doing this twenty plus years. You're a fearless competitor, ultimate leader handled your business on and off the court. But it's just it's so cool hearing you evolve into this amazing young coach. And, you know, young is probably not the best word. You're you're starting to become a veteran at 12 years, but it's just it's so impressive. It's so cool. I love it. I, you know, your your career has, has developed, like a lot of these coaches out there and all of us, that, you know, it just it wasn't handed to you. I mean, you had right. to work hard. You you had to work your way different levels. And, uh, you know, it was a product of hard work. And I wanted young coaches to hear an example. Sure, JR, Big 12, Iowa State, top 25. But, you know, it, it, it didn't just happen overnight. And uh, right. I'm all in on Iowa State. But most importantly, I cannot wait to continue to see your career progress develop. And I, I just thank you tonight for taking some time and helping so many young coaches. It. I appreciate the time and the platform, Drew. Anything, man, like I said, anytime you need anything from me, I'm always here and thankful for, for the year we got to spend together. So that that's just been my pleasure, man. Well, have a great holiday, JR. Thanks, man. You too. Tell your family to say hello, too. That was a great conversation with Coach JR Blount. Here are some of my favorite things that Coach JR said on why he coaches the development of young men. How about Coach Lance Randall letting JR develop as a coach? At Wisconsin Stevens Point, the expectation that we will win on being a Dobo for two seasons. No task is too small. How about Coach Nico asking Coach JR, what side of the floor do you want to be on? Powerful. Coach TJ, a man of habits. Ball pressure, rebounding, and taking care of the ball. It's an everyday thing. This is who we are. Expectations that we will be great defensively. Defense is something that you can control. Charting makes shots. I can tell them when they are good, and I can tell them when they are bad. Real conversations because of established relationships. So good. The appreciation for his staff members, Coach Green and Coach Robinson and the respect that Coach JR has for his two co-workers. Breakfast with no phones. 4.30 p.m. team gathering. Coach TJ wants the guys to leave the Iowa State basketball complex on a positive note. We are good now. On recruiting, 
Coach JR wants high-character guys. Sell a dream of this is what it will be. Really great, impressive recruiting advice. It is constantly about learning. You never know enough. So well said, Coach JR. And I love the conversation about the Big Ten Black Assistant Coach Alliance, BACA, that Coach JR is such a major part of. Sensational work, Coach JR and Coach Robinson. And how about the advice JR's dad shared to him? Be the best at something. Did you hear Coach JR's voice throughout the podcast? Full coaching mode. Love it. I just imagine him getting up every morning and getting after it every day at 8 a.m., getting the Iowa State players so much better. I am so proud of Coach JR. To me, nothing is better in coaching than watching your former players have success in life after college. Truly, for me, it is such a huge reason why I've loved to coach. Thank you, Coach J.R. Blount, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening, and we are everywhere. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram, at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter, at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Stay safe, be you, keep coaching, happy holidays, and see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.